0: Hey, hey folks, this week Chris and Sean get the band back together to enjoy this Christmas holiday season and talk about some of our fantastic favorite movies, what's going on And we break down Avatar 2 and Black Panther 2. So, hope you guys enjoyed the rest of this episode. We are here to have a force-fed sci-fi time. Here we go. A little uh, change up, Chris. How the heck are you doing, man?
1: I'm good. It 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 feels good to be back in recording. We have returned to once again bless everyone's podcast feeds with a little mini episode today.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a while. I know there's just been like so much stuff that's gone on in the past two three months. I know with you, as we mentioned, with Predator. Um, the passing of your father and then you got married. I know me with like grad school and just like working an internship, working a second job, military. It's just it's all been piling up and finally uh, found some free time.
1: This is just the natural ebb and flow of adulthood. like this, I mean, I think we've made it pretty clear that like this is this is our hobby. This is not our full-time job if it were. obviously we would be releasing episodes in a more regular clip but like i have a full-time job you're in grad school crushing it in grad school by all accounts (laughs) working your internship your other job like i i just got done you know culminate the the culmination the wedding which was basically 11 months of sheer planning and stress just all culminating (laughs) in one day so yeah like sometimes like we don't mean to put the podcast in the back seat, but you know, it just, sometimes it just has to happen. So our, our personal and our personal professional lives can have a bit more of an easier flow.
0: Yeah, I totally, absolutely agree with you. It's just, it's, you know, time management folks out there is uh, key to adulthood and it is tough. Let me tell you. So it's, I'm just happy that we finally uh, found some time to chat and, uh, I don't know. Kind of. It was kind of like your idea. You said, um, "Why don't we talk about like?" Because I know I was telling you I was seeing Avatar two, and then um, you said you saw Black Panther two. So why don't you know that? Why, why don't we chat a little bit about those films, without you know spoilers, without giving a little too much away.
1: Yeah, like it would just just a short little conversation. You know, maybe. What we liked, didn't like, what we noticed about the films—is there room for growth? I mean, I mean, you have been your praise for Avatar, The Way of Water over the last day or so has just been <laughs> astronomical. Like, I, I, I don't I think you've ever levied such high praise on any film, and we've seen a lot of great films together.
0: We, we have, and I, I'm telling you, Chris, this movie—I came in skeptical. I honestly haven't seen the first one fully. I tried to watch it twice. And this one, you know, I just went in and I had no expectations that I I just there's like moments in this film where you just got to buy in and uh, we can talk a little bit about it.
1: I mean, I guess one of the questions I have for you, like, I don't think the trailers did a great job of really kind of summing up what this movie was about. So as best as you can, what what can you tell us about? the plot like what's what's your best synopsis of this three hour long epic
0: okay so the best that i can do so i so very much i think you hit the nail on the head because when i saw the trailers absolutely i um i had no freaking idea what this movie was about and like most people and i think they did that marketing wise because they wanted to get people in the theater and they have um so basically this film It's like about family, (laughs) and that's like the theme, family and change, and resiliency, getting overcoming diversity, and learning to work together as a cohesive unit to overcome challenges. But this film takes place about, I want to say, like 10 to 15 years after the events of Avatar, Um, and basically... Jake Sully, and he has a family. He's got like two boys. There's like this humanoid that's still on the planet that got left behind because they couldn't be sent back in the cryogenically. They couldn't be cryo frozen. And then there's a mystery child that came when uh, Sigourney Weaver's body was like uploaded to another avatar in the old film. So I guess like that body had a baby and then they have like a female. And then, so they have like this family of five kids. And so they're living life, they're chilling, you know, they're going about it. And then somehow the villain from the first film, he, I guess they write it off where like he comes back, I guess they, they were sending their bodies like DNA and like pieces of their body back before they went on a major war. Just in case they died, so they could have copies. And so lo and behold, they uploaded his consciousness into an avatar. And so his mission is uh to hunt down Jake Soli and uh continue the mission of uh well I guess their over mission overall mission is to take over colonize Pandora again, but um the guy, Stephen Lang, who plays Col- Colonel Miles. Uh, in the first film, he's now an avatar, and so his mission is him and a bunch of, of his uh, marine guys are now sent back in avatar form to Pandora to kill Jake Sully and I guess, avenge his body's death. So basically, that's like the film. It's just them chasing him down. They're flying. They're going around the planet, and they meet a bunch of water people, and then have to work together to try and overcome the Colonel. And you know, there's uh, fish flying fish talking whales there's uh there's a lot of children fighting and kids learning to work together but through their differences and just a lot of stuff man it's a pretty wild film I will say <laughs> well and it's and long it is an yeah, epic
1: the length yeah is definitely an issue for me but I think we've seen like over the last couple of years with movies like Avengers Endgame and the Batman and you can make a nearly three hour or a three hour plus long film and you know have it be entertaining and tight but you you got to be on point with your editing so I guess my next question is like what like for people who are concerned about the three hour runtime like how does that Mm -hmm. feel like do you do you start to feel tired once the you know the the you realize how long this movie is so my recommendation for you
0: is to drink coffee. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went to the 5 o'clock show, and I knew it was a three-hour film. I'm like, oh, man, I'm probably going to, like, be tired. So, honestly, I brought coffee to prep and drink throughout the show just to keep me awake. And I did go to the bathroom. Um, so, I mean, the the length is long. It's long, but it's like... The film, there's moments in this film because like the first hour of the film, I would say it is tough, right? Because you're catching up, especially if you haven't seen the other Avatar films. And there's a lot of exposition and it's a lot that you got to buy into. But there's a moment in the film where you just really got to, it's like make or break for the audience. You're either going to buy into the talking whales and the crazy nonsense that's going on or you're not. And you're going to think this is the worst movie in the world, much like my younger brother. So it's just there's like moments in this film where you just really either have to lean in hard to what's going on and just accept it or not. And if you don't, you're probably going to be like, I just wasted three hours of my life.
1: Okay, All right. Well, I I can I can get behind that.
0: (laughs) It's very story driven. um, And I think like I texted you, there's just not it's like it's like Spider-Man, like the three Spider-Man movies, like it's. The film is three hours, and it takes place over, like, a short span of time, but a lot happens. It's like The Last Jedi, how it's, like, right after The Force Awakens. Like, the characters develop, so it has that old-school mentality, you know, like, back-in-the-day filmmaking, um, where they just let things play out, but it's still got, like, James Cameron's old-school way. Um, But you just gotta, like, I guess you just gotta buy in. I will say I think he fixed his female problem in this film. He he did make some badass females in this movie.
1: Okay. I mean so I mean if you had to rank like where does this rank in terms of like James Cameron special effects blockbusters? Like where if you're gonna place Avatar the the Way of Water in James Cameron's you know, you know, top five list or whatever, where is this going to rank for you? Is it in the top five? Is it nowhere sniffing the top five? Like, where is it? (laughs) Honestly,
0: I'm going to put it in the top five. So I was so skeptical (laughs) because um, it's all CGI. And at first I was like, there's no way, but you just, if you choose to buy in, it's like, it looks great. Like, there was only one scene in the movie um, where, like, his kid's getting attacked by an animal, and the animal doesn't look that clear. I, it was just... It was, like, jar. It wasn't, like, jarring, like, a sound of thunder, where you're like, holy crap. But it's just for how incredible all the special effects are in this film, where you're like... I don't know if this is a practical effect or CGI, because this looks amazing. That one effect of that animal just it was just kind of shocking like you're like ah it doesn't really look that good you know i was like ah oh, really but outside of that one effect i think um the whole movie just is incredible i was just blown away at how he makes things look so real
1: okay wow so high praise for Must. you <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would say check it out. The score is great. I actually was taken by the score. It built with the film. I mean, I would say if you really want an epic, check it out. Um, yeah, if you like. I mean, you know, it's it's his storytelling is a little bit better than the first Avatar. But if I would rate it as a um, would go see or wouldn't see, I would put this as I would absolutely go and check it out again. I may even watch it. On, uh, at least once when it comes out. And um, yeah, I'm excited for the sequel. So that's like my praise for it, man.
1: Well, hopefully Cameron uh, trims down the supposedly nine hour runtime for Avatar 3 because I'm not sitting in a movie for nine hours. Are you serious? He, I'm dead serious. He has some serious editing to do for Avatar 3.
0: Oh my God, nine hours. Oh. <laughs> Maybe he's gonna do a part one, part two. Good God! Wow. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that, that that's just up. gonna
1: be confusing. Like you have Avatar three part one, then you have Avatar three part two. Like nobody's gonna make sense of that. No. Or you know, just <laughs> get a get a uh, get a series deal with HBO and release them as like eight hour long episodes. I don't know, dude. Just for the love of. <laughs> Or the love of everything good and holy, do not release a nine-hour movie.
0: No, he would just be a douche. But wasn't, like, back in the day, uh, what is that, Dances with Wolves? Isn't that, like, a four-hour film?
1: That's four hours, and it doesn't need to be. And I have Mm -hmm. bigger problems with Dances with Wolves that go beyond the runtime, which we don't have time (laughs) to get into here. (laughs) That's
0: true. I have problems with
1: four-hour-long movies. Let's just say that.
0: And if you want to hear us talk about that Kevin Costner breakdown, check out the Postman. We go really into that
1: level of Kevin Costner, or or listen to Waterworld because Waterworld and the Postman are like the exact same freaking movie. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Well, thank you, Chris. How the heck was Black Panther two? Because um, I never, I actually, I never saw the first Black Panther. It just it escaped me. I think it was just busy life. I missed it in the theaters, and I never have gotten around to watching it. So, how's Black Panther two?
1: Well, first of all, go see the original Black Panther. Like, just go do that. You have homework now, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, um, I was delayed in seeing Wakanda Forever. I mean, the movie came out uh, the weekend of my wedding, and. Obviously, I'm not going to ditch my bride on our honeymoon just so I can go see a Marvel movie. So, <laughs> Fair. Fair. so yeah, I, f- I finally got around to watching it. I had a, I had a free night. And I again, I had to carve out three hours of an evening to go see this because this is like a this is a movie that runs like in a, a two hours and forty six minutes long. I think so. It is a fairly long foray that Marvel has made with this, and it is. I would say, like, there is some fat to be trimmed with that, you know, two hour two and a half hour runtime. But this movie has the burden of trying to move forward without the involvement of Chadwick Boseman, who passed away in 2020 from colon cancer. And this movie starts off with his character dying. And that is just such a gut punch because you basically have to relive the death of Chadwick Boseman all over again. And his passing was so tragic and so unexpected. And of course, a lot of people's first question was what's going to happen to black Panther. Are they going to recast him? Are the movies going to move forward? Well, Kevin Feige and Ryan Coogler decided to press forward. They've made this movie. And I got to say, I was not expecting it to be the exploration of grief that it was, because everybody in this movie is grieving on some level. You have Shuri, T'Challa's brother, who's you know one of the smartest people in the world, who can create. who was a, such an a creative mind and is so intelligent, and was not able to save her brother and blames herself for for his passing because she was not able to help him. And then you have his mother, Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, who I will say Angela Bassett is absolutely incredible in this movie. The level of grief and fury that she's able to muster in her scenes is absolutely astounding. She has a great moment in the Wakandan throne room where she just lays out everything that's happened to her. You know, I've lost my son. I've lost my husband. I am the queen of Wakanda. You will respect me. It's such a great moment for her and in that movie. And you totally like the same effect that Chadwick Boseman had on people, where you buy into the fact that he's T'Challa. It, it, Angela Bassett has the same effect with Queen, queen Ramonda, and she is absolutely brilliant in Wakanda Forever. And to just see so many of these characters go through their grief journey when I'm still somewhere in my grief journey after my dad dying. It really resonated with me to see these people on screen explore grief in so many different ways. And it's... I mean and then uh, there's a new threat that emerges with uh with King Namor and there's there's water people and now mutants are in the MCU and like is is Namor a villain is he an anti-hero he walks a very fine line in that movie until all of a sudden boom he's a villain and decides to attack Wakanda and and Shuri has to become the new Black Panther. I mean this was I'm not really spoiling anything I don't think. This was these are all things that are kind of shown in the trailer i'm going to try to avoid spoilers as much as i can uh, mm-hmm. but these are all things that are kind of shown in the trailer and i was just so impressed with this movie i don't think it's as good as the first black panther i think there's it's very hard to get to that level and i think very few comic book films have done that but this is mm-hmm. a very admirable attempt in considering how i guess lackluster the current crop of MCU films have been lately. Yeah. It, it felt great to see this on screen and just remind people like, hey, Marvel isn't just superhero spectacle. There are deep, emotional, compelling stories here to put on screen. And it's unfortunate that Ryan Coogler can't make all of the Marvel films, but he, when he makes Marvel movies, he makes fantastic ones. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, well, that's good. I was going to, yeah, I was curious if it was the typical uh, formulaic style of like the jokes and everything, but it it didn't sound, it didn't seem like that, especially if they're talking about grief.
1: It's it's. I think it's just because that T'Challa's death is just so, it permeates this movie. I mean, obviously the movie starts off with his passing and the funeral, and now the world kind of sees Wakanda as weak because it doesn't have its protector um Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a new black panther they're not able to create anymore because you know uh, michael b jordan's character in the original movie burned like destroyed their capabilities of creating new heroes Mm -hmm. so the world kind of perceives wakanda as weak so there's attacks there's attempts to get its vibranium and so it's it's a it's an exploration of grief but it's also kind of like It's also this commentary on the COVID-19 pandemic and all the things that kind of the social issues and the economic issues that kind of came to the surface during uh, the pandemic and just kind of exploring like, well, how does the world move forward from this? How do we, I mean, maybe not work immediately work to improve? How do we work to reconcile these issues so we can move forward? We can't just put these issues to bed and and pick up the pieces and go forward we have to solve these things and then move forward and I feel like the movie does a good job of exploring that as well too
0: awesome oh my gosh so it's got some great themes and uh, it sounds very contemporary in that sense which is awesome and the actor did uh, they were were they like Angela Bassett and everyone, they were unique. They were their own characters. They didn't try to like recreate the Black Panther.
1: No, like, nobody they... did. Okay. Everybody in this movie is just is brought something new to their characters that we may not awesome. have seen before. I mean, I mean, obviously with the exception of Chadwick Boseman, the the entire cast is returning, and everybody is is just affected so deeply because, I mean, obviously this is still this is post what the MCU called the blip, the five years where so many people were absent from the world. And you see so many people are still dealing with the effects of it, but also people have matured and they've moved forward. Like, um, Winston Duke's character, um, was kind of like an isolationist part, like tribe of Wakanda. But now his tribe is kind of in the fold of the main Wakanda group, I guess. Um, um, you see Lupita Nyong'o's character Nakia; she's kind of moved past her days of being a spy and is trying to live a a quiet life where she's not, you know, <laughs> you know, toppling governments or anything like that. So it's, and you see Shuri, obviously, like a, like I mentioned, still dealing with her grief and and trying to find a way to lead Wakanda and be diplomatic and f- come to the realization that they sometimes what i need to do isn't exact may not seem like the best option but i've got to do it
0: Mm-hmm. mhm that is awesome all right sounds like the, it's got a lot of layers so i dig it man I, it sounds like I, I may give it a watch
1: it's it's got a ton of heart i mean i got i got a surprisingly i got emotional a few times watching it you know just cuz you know it reminded me so much of like you know what I went through dealing with grief and what my family went through in their grief journeys after my dad passed. So it was like stuff like that. I'm just so sensitive to nowadays. Like there's a Coca-Cola commercial out now where some guy is like making a holiday dinner, but turns out it's from his dead mom's cookbook. And even dad has started to make me cry now. And am like, God Aww. bless it.
0: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> hey, that's all right. <laughs> It's all right to feel. Uh, I know I watched uh, Coco for the first time uh, like a month ago, and I was just bawling my eyes out. Like the whole movie, whole film. This <laughs> beautiful movie about, you know, your child not getting being held back from their dreams and like just all that family trauma. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I relate. So I, hey, whatever hits, it's okay. It's okay to cry and feel, man.
1: Hey, if you want to talk about Coco for an hour, I'm totally down for that. I love that movie, but like, <laughs> I'm with you. It makes me ball from beginning to end.
0: It's amazing. The music is amazing. I actually, I've only seen it in Spanish, um, so I've never actually heard the English version. But I feel like the Spanish version is the authentic. You know, it's it's pretty wa- it's pretty darn good. I would, I think.
1: Okay. I know I think it's the same like uh, the songs are like the same songwriting team that wrote all the songs for Frozen. So they're like Disney's go-to songwriting duo.
0: Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course. Which I can now say, Chris, I've seen Frozen as well. Over the past (laughs) two months, uh, my partner has a daughter that's very young and this child loves Frozen. So um, I've babysat and uh, to entertain, <laughs> you know, how do you entertain a three-year-old that loves Frozen? So it's like, all right, let's watch Frozen. And uh, so I can say now I've seen Frozen 1 and 2. I initially never thought I was, but I was shocked at how good the films were, Chris.
1: <laughs> Look at you go.
0: I know. I, gosh, it's like, it's like I was Frozen and now I'm thawing out, Chris. My heart's becoming three sizes too big. <laughs> so oh boy. in terms of movies is there anything that you're excited to see uh, moving forward like the rest of this year or next year
1: I mean well um I mean when we're recording this it's um December 22nd when we're recording this we've got um tomorrow on Netflix we've got glass onion a knives out sequels coming out I mean I saw it when it did it's a uh, short theatrical run but I'm excited to watch it again I know my wife is too. Um, we absolutely loved seeing it. Um, but I'm kind of looking ahead to next month and next year, actually, because little show Probably may have seen trailers for it. Uh, the last of us on HBO is coming okay. out in January. And I am beyond excited to see that. I'm a huge fan of Pedro Pascal. I love the original game series. I think it's one of the best stories that's ever been created for the medium. And i i every trailer i've seen has just kind of blown me away with some new detail or thing that they're trying to incorporate into the show and i cannot wait to watch it i'm super pumped for it
0: awesome 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 i remember you sent me that trailer and it's very interesting i never played the game but i may give it a watch as well just because i know you're so passionate about it and hey maybe we could give a breakdown of it who knows (laughs)
1: Hey, we're having watch parties at my at my home, so I mean, you're more than welcome to come. Woo!
0: Bet, bet. What
1: about you, Sean? I mean, I mean, like, is there anything that's like on your radar for the rest of the year, or looking ahead to 2023? Uh, uh, what's got you uh, excited to go to the theater? Yeah,
0: so actually, um, so I'm very excited to see Glass Onion. I missed it when it came out. I was just busy that week. But I'm going to watch that um I'm actually seeing The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Um I know everyone's hailing it as like his return even though I don't think he ever left, but I'm I love Brendan Fraser and I I know that movie's going to be just like this thing that's going to make me cry and I'm so excited for it. Um I'm also seeing Avatar 2 again <laughs> with one of my buddies who's like a big film nerd and I, I just want to see Matt's face. Um, I'm, I'm curious as his breakdown. But outside of those, I know,, um, it has gotten a lot of heat, but the new Indiana Jones film that's coming out uh, next year or maybe now is it next year? Yes. And I know I I love Harrison Ford. And so I love Indiana Jones. We covered the Crystal Skull. Um, so for me that just like speaks to not only my childhood, but like that style of movies that just they don't really make anymore. Um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, like you I think we briefly talked about it after the trailer came out and I mean I will admit I was not super impressed with the trailer. Um definitely felt they left a little something to be desired i mean i would hope that they release a couple more before uh for the movie releases but yeah like if it's if it's as good as it's been hyped up to be or is advertised like mm-hmm. i mean i'll still see it because this is harrison ford's last time as indiana yeah. jones and by all accounts it's likely the end of this series so yeah like i'm there is nothing that's going to stop me from seeing this so i'm, I'm still going to check it out when it comes out i'm seeing uh june 30th 2023 is the release date for the dial of destiny
0: oh pencil me in man i'm down (laughs) (laughs) i'm so down for it i think um as opposed to that there's nothing else that uh, i saw yet um actually <laughs> you may roll your eyes, but there was this trailer for this awful, and it's probably going to be awful, but schmaltzy movie called A Man Called Otto, with a grumpy old Tom Hanks. And part part of me just wants to see it because I love Tom Hanks, and the movie's so predictable. But I just, it's one of those movies where I just have to see, because I don't know, I just love Tom Hanks, and I have to see a grumpy old man.
1: I'm right with you. I do want to see it because I want to see Tom Hanks play against type. And and I I, I do. I really do. I cannot wait to see that. I know my wife wants wants us to go see it together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be I feel like it's going to be one of those feel good movies. You know, it's the grumpy old man that changes over time with the love of children and out of fish out of water experience. But. I'm excited. So that's for me. That's what I'm looking forward to. Outside of that, uh, just got to give a shout out to the TV series that I miss, Community, on Netflix. I uh, I just discovered it, and holy crap. Even though Chevy <laughs> Chase got kicked off that show, he is so funny. And Donald Glover and all those guys. I just, I love Community.
1: Yeah, I, I, I only watched a few episodes of it during its run, but I, like everything I watched was... Absolutely brilliant. So I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll have to give that one a run. Although uh, my wife and I we uh, we did actually uh, do a run of The Office oh. back in like September and October. So uh, I finally finally got around to watching it. Uh, quieted a lot of my criticisms of the of the show. Still hate Michael Scott, but I do like <laughs> The Office.
0: Right. I'm glad that you finally watched it, and uh, I echo you. Absolutely, Michael Scott to me was. Uh, intolerable did you how did you feel about season eight and nine did you like robert california
1: i thought it was great i know my uh my, my wife definitely did not like did not like him but <laughs> i thought james spader was like the right amount of villain and weird and like i think robert california was a good boss but like yes. God, he was so creepy and weird
0: i totally agree with you man from his interview all the way through his run was just incredible that epic house party i mean it's just it's amazing like that is such good television
1: it makes me wonder like what james spader is like in real life if he's able to play like these these villains so well like i just like robert california isn't exactly a villain but it's like he's the (laughs) kind of guy who would invite you out to like a ski chalet for the weekend but it turns into like a deer hunt or something i don't know
0: yeah yeah That is, I wonder too, because he's so good at it. Maybe it's the voice, but he's just, he's fantastic. I
1: don't know. For all we know, he's like the nicest man that's ever lived. But like, it makes me immensely curious to know what James Spader is like in real life.
0: Me too. I got to watch some interviews. sweet man this is uh this is great catching up and finally getting an episode in i am so excited for this you know
1: yeah i am too it's been too long like we said you know sometimes you know we gotta let life we gotta prioritize things in our life but uh hopefully in the in the new year we uh we'll be able to come back to the podcast we still gotta do foreign sci-fi month man i know no we've yeah. been teasing it for a long time but uh I'm excited to get to get those episodes on the books and, and release them out into the feeds.
0: Me too. Me too. I, I absolutely am uh, excited to get started on those. I am, for the meantime, I did actually, <laughs> I released episodes. So me and my brother did a Breaking Bad franchise suite. I think we recorded it sometime in September or October. So for the meantime, in December... I'll be finishing up posting those episodes and then we will carry on to the uh, foreign sci-fi films. So feel free if you want to hear Two Cult Brothers break down to the best of our ability, the Breaking Bad franchise, uh, check it out. If not, stay tuned for 2023 and uh, here are foreign sci-fi
1: films. Well, if you're going to do a Breaking Bad suite, does this mean you guys are going to watch El Camino on Netflix?
0: Absolutely. We watched El Camino and then Better Call Saul. So we're doing an episode for each. I just uh I just released the Breaking Bad today. So then I'll be releasing El Camino and then finish off with Better Call Saul. Nice. So
1: I can't wait to listen to those. I love Breaking Bad. I loved El Camino. I haven't watched Better Call Saul, but uh definitely looking forward to your guys' breakdown on that.
0: Absolutely. Check it out. I highly recommend Better Call Saul. It is such a darn good show it's great piece of television there so chris it's been a pleasure my good sir anything else
1: no that's it for me uh i hope you have a happy holiday sean and to all our listeners out there we love you we thank you so much for your support this past year uh please please keep us in your feeds we will be coming back and hope you all stay safe and have a happy holidays as well all
0: right and you as well chris have a happy holidays To our listeners, have a happy holidays, and if you like this episode, this little mini holiday check-in special episode, visit our homepage, forcefitsci-fi.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, other social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever else you get your listening pleasure. Uh, Give us a like, subscribe, comment, send us an email for the next thing you want us to review. So, this is Sean, and on behalf of the Force Fed Sci-Fi team, we will see you next time.